Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be comparing European and Chinese alchemy. May I start off by saying that the use of the term European alchemy is a little misleading, as it could be seen to imply that it had its genesis and development solely in Europe. Whilst there were certainly innovators in the field in Europe, European alchemy more accurately refers to the collated alchemical knowledge that circulated the continent pre-enlightenment, itself collected from Islamic, Greek, Neoplatonic, Alexandrian and other sources over the millennia. Whilst the prehistory of alchemy is, is obscure as its etymology, one thing is certain, that the royal art developed alongside or was the byproduct of metallurgy. It was the smelting of metals and the production of alloys, particularly bronze, that catalyzed humankind's mastery over nature and came to define many cultures. The working and transmutation of ore and the resulting production of metal, a substance wholly dissimilar to the original stone from whence it came, was seen as divine action. And because of this, the principles of high science and alchemy were not divorced from other higher sciences, namely theology. There's a recent article published in the Jewish newspaper Haaretz that reinforces this opinion, and it read, Jewish god Yahweh originated in Canaanite Vulcan, says New Theory. The cult of Yahweh as a god of metallurgy originated among semi-nomadic copper smelters between the Bronze and Iron Age, suggests a biblical scholar. Interesting stuff. The article can be found online with a simple Google search. Uh, the theorized cause or principle behind transmutation was the fusion or reuniting with the, with the divine original form, and this was the cause of the material's change. It was seen as a divine action or energy, and its theoretical workings are best described by Zosimus, where he details the idea of applying the metallurgical allegory of refinement to the spiritual sciences, and thus to man himself in the form of internal alchemy. So what is the difference between European and Chinese alchemy? Both have external and internal systems. They have more in common than they differ. Search for pictures of Rebis and Nuwa Fuji, for example, and, and you can see the similarities, and they can be both be found in Brother Anshul's books. My one-sentence answer is that Chinese alchemy is much more complete and less failed or hidden. But here is where my knowledge ends. To elaborate on the subject, I pass over to you, Brother Earnshaw. Yes, thank you. Um, <clears throat> well, <laughs> I think one of the major differences is that the, the Chinese realized that uh, you cannot make gold from lead. And they discovered this um, something like uh, the first century AD. And uh, so 1,600 years before in the West, they got a notion that they can't make gold from lead. Uh, so the Chinese, uh, to start with, they believed there were two aspects to it. First was the elixir of immortality was something they were looking for. And the second one was how to make gold. <clears throat> the, uh, they stopped the search for gold because they realized it was a futile quest, uh, but they continued with the idea of the elixir of immortality. And uh, the center of this was, of course, mercury. And uh, mercury is a very interesting, of course, as, as a metal because it's a liquid metal. And... Uh, just quite fascinating for me <laughs> as a child uh, at school to see mercury rolling around. You know, how can this be a metal? And I think the Chinese must have had similar ideas. But um, they used mercury mixed with other things as a, an elixir of immortal immortality. And uh, many of the emperors um, died from mercury poisoning, thinking that 
by drinking it, they could live forever. And I think the last one, last emperor was something like in the 1600s. So um, this, this idea continued for a long time. But what the Chinese did realize is that there was a spiritual uh, alchemy, and that was how to change the soul, how to strengthen the soul using qi, qi energy, circulating it, and eventually getting the soul to leave the body. And um, what we would now call either out-of-body experience, astral projection, or astral flight. And this is what they discovered. And uh, there are, in my book, I give uh, both my books, but for example, Initiation by Light or Freemasonry Royal Arch, I talk about the technique and how the Chinese did it. Um, but they relied upon uh, texts such as the, uh, the text, The Golden Flower, which was translated only uh, in the 1900s in, in Europe. And so the Chinese, um, <clears throat> this book wasn't published in China until I think 1600s, 1700s, but before that it'd been in manuscript form. And so they knew all about it. So in the, uh, the golden flowers, a very strict uh, regimen of how to eat and how to meditate and how to focus and how to move the energy around the body and strengthen the uh, energy. And I believe this is uh, what is, forms the basis of Freemasonry. So the first degree uh, comes from the Taoist tradition of uh, transmitting light to the candidate. By transmitting the light, you awaken the soul to its spiritual possibilities. In the second degree, the walking around the the temple and the talking about all these spiritual uh, these uh, alchemical things like the the three five seven steps, which represent uh, alchemy, and we've talked about this before, and the the um, circum circumambulation of the lodge is uh, representative of circulating the chi energy inside the body, and in the third degree, uh, the the there is a time of, of quiet, so the body, uh, the Hiram is, is put in a temporary grave before he's moved and then he's raised. This raising represents the, the uh, astral body leaving the body. And it's uh, using the uh, uh, strong grip or the paw of, of um, the Lion of Judea. So this I see in, in the Freemasons ritual the uh, story of the, uh, the golden flower, the technique for uh, starting a, uh, or for experiencing an out-of-body experience. And this has to be the highest spiritual experience anybody could have, I think. So this is the difference between uh, Europe. Europe was still obsessed by gold. And of course, it's like if you watch television now and you see people digging in the Yukon or um, in the freezing waters of, of Alaska, um, they're looking for gold. They've got the gold fever. And this is what Europe had as well. But the Chinese had gone past that and they realized that this was a powerful spiritual lesson. And I, uh, in, 
in a coming podcast, I will talk about this as well a little bit more. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the the um, idea of transmutation of lead into gold is is an interesting one. If you look at the early Mesopotamian theories on lead, lead is the um, the metal of Saturn, mm. and they considered Saturn to be the black sun because it was providing the light in, in the darkness. Um, ah, yes. The the idea of transmutation uh, of the change between the two, I think, has, has got something related. I think there's something related between the two. But also, mercury in Europe was used very late into the 17th century for treating syphilis. Yes. For, yes. In, for, for internal injections. So, yes, the yes, mercury for the treatment of illness. It's an interesting <laughs> concept. And it's, um, it's only been disproven relatively recently. So Yes. yes. So And uh, many people in the West have actually experimented to see if you can uh, get um, uh, gold out of um, uh, lead, and it has been proven it is actually possible. Um, yes. And I'm just thinking it's uh, Rutherford, Sir Ernest Rutherford? I forget his name. Yes, I, um, I remember his lab, they did put a lot of energy into it. I think it was a particle accelerator, and they created gold for a fragmentary moment of time, but the energy used yes. was so expensive. It That's was uneconomic, right. unsurprising, yeah. though. Yes. So, and also in Japan and in America, People have, as you say, it's a kind of pyrrhic vi uh, victory, and uh, it means taking protons off of lead. And uh, anyway, it's, it's a complicated thing. Yeah? It uses so much energy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so well, that just about draws things to a close. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square, and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>